Hi, I'm Christy Hurt, the founder of The CoLab, which is a member-led, inclusive, global networking community for fashion, beauty, wellness, retail, and consumer luxury professionals. I started this group in the midst of the pandemic when I realized how many of us in this industry across the world were looking for pivots and next steps. I know when I started my career, I wanted more mentors and I needed more people to lean on and to learn from. So I hope you will listen to our stories and learn from them. Every Tuesday, we'll have a member interviewing another member and on Thursday, they'll reverse. So stay tuned for the next episode and be sure to hear both sides of the story. Thanks for being here. Hi, everyone. I'm Laura Bertrando. Uh, today, I'm going to be interviewing Marianne Battle. So Marianne, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Lauren. Thanks for having me today. Um, as you mentioned, uh, my name is Marianne Battle, and I am a business director uh, currently living here in Central Florida. And so tell us a little bit about where you went to school and, and what your decision making was around that in terms of your career path. Oh, sure thing. Uh, well, I, I grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So I'm from the Midwest originally, um, but then I decided to um, get my undergraduate degree from Kentucky State University, uh, which is a historically black college and university. I really chose Kentucky State University um, for, you know, for various reasons, you know, good school and things like that. But um, surprisingly, it was to be a cheerleader. Um, I also have family there. I'm a third generation alumnus. And uh, really, I just wanted to see what it would be like to attend a um, historically black college and university. Um, When I decided on my major, which actually is apparel retail marketing, and I have a specialization in business, um, I I just knew fashion was going to be for me. Um, And what I loved most about majoring in fashion, you know, is you don't just learn about like how to design clothes, you get into all the details, like how textiles are made, uh, you know, how come up with a strategy. And really, I think the most important thing that I learned um, while attending school there was that business is so critical to be successful in the industry. And then, of course, I had fun. Um, you know, like I said, I was a cheerleader, captain of the team, and um, I pledged a sorority. I was president there of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. So I, I, I truly had um, the best time there. And um, I just, it was really great. So can I assume then you didn't miss being in New York? Did you feel isolated from, you know, the center of fashion uh, out there? Or did, did the school kind of provide that to you anyway, being in the Midwest? So um, surprisingly, I didn't miss it. So um, I actually did, there there were corporate headquarters, there's pretty much corporate headquarters um, across the country. And at that time, um, there was one out of Cincinnati, which wasn't too far. It was probably about 45 minutes from um, my college. So um, I had the opportunity to kind of get the New York feel um, in a small town. Um, So I didn't quite miss it then, um, but definitely later on in life, I missed it a lot. (laughs) So, um, Tell us a little bit about your first first job, first experience in in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, as I mentioned, um, I started off at one of the corporate headquarters. Um, it was actually called Lazarus, which is you know now uh, formerly known as Macy's. Um, I really just wanted to learn about you know everything that there was possibly to know about uh, you know retail and fashion. So I did a storeline internship, and that just kind of sealed the deal for me. I knew um, just you know, the fast pace of it, everything changing um, every day, there's something different. Um, I just knew it was for me. And so um, once I did that internship, um, after I graduated, I moved to um, Florida with my parents. And I joined um, Birdines, which was another corporate headquarters um, subsidiary of Macy's. And 
I, and I just loved it. So I did their whole storyline program. They had a, a college recruiting program and um, it was amazing. So I moved all around the state of Florida um, and it was just like the best decision that I had, I had made and I knew it was the right thing for me. So anything you would change from that? Anything you, you learned being green and new in the industry that you'd like to share with everybody listening? Um, so I definitely would say there's a lot of learnings. Retail is not for everybody. Um, same thing with like fashion. Um, you have to have a thick skin. Um, but I would definitely say um, one thing I loved most about my time um, with Macy's and their store program is there's so much training. There's so much on the job um, development. And it really makes you successful for, for anything that you could take on um, in life. Um, you, you're dealing with customers every day. You're learning how to develop your teams uh, to exceed goals and um, really just kind of how to develop yourself. Um, like I said, I moved all around the, the state of Florida. So, you know, being in my uh, early 20s, you know, moving all around, it was like the most exciting thing because, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, they're paying for me to move here and um, you're going to a new store. And it was it was just an amazing experience, but I definitely feel having gone to college and get my degree in it because people kind of, they're like, oh, you got a degree in retail. And it's like, it, it was more to that, but I definitely feel like it prepared me for all the challenges that come along the way um, as far as like being successful in, in terms of running your own business. So I definitely would say that some of the learnings that I learned would just be, you know, stay true to yourself. Um, make sure you're doing any job, you know, for you know, what you need. So is the culture the right culture? Is it a fit? Are you moving because of your boss? Uh, you know, those are all the things you have to think about later on in life because, um, you know, you don't want to compromise and, you know, find out that later on you want to have a family and the company's like, no, you can't do that. So it's just de definitely making sure that as you build your foundation, you're doing it for the right reasons. And you don't always know that in the beginning. Sometimes it's all about the money or the glamour and travel, um, but you just kind of have to know how to balance the two. Okay, so who would you say uh, someone in your career that's really influenced you or given you good advice, and and what was that? So um, I don't have one particular person. I definitely am fortunate enough that I've always had a mentor along the way in every role that I've been in, whether it's you know personal or career. Um, so I definitely would recommend that um, to always have a mentor. And then something I learned um, most recently um, is having a sponsor. And it's something I had never heard of, um, but I had took like a training class on, you know, development and, you know, developing yourself. And it was like, look, have a sponsor. And really the difference between the two, the mentor and the sponsor is really the sponsor is, you know, someone you know, preferably who's in a position of power or, inf or influence and can help you along the way, but they're not going to coach you or tell you what you want to hear. They're going to be honest with you. And so I feel like that was like a game changer for me. And it really kind of let me know like how things work. Um, it was always great to have a mentor because, you know, a mentor, you could say, oh my gosh, let me tell you about this project or, oh, how, how would you handle this? And they're always going to be there to support you and, you know, guide you in the right way. But the, sp the sponsor, it just, I'll, I'll still remember her to this day. It just, you know, <laughs> she was very honest and was like, oh, this is what you want to do. So then you need to do this. And you're like, oh, oh okay. You're not going to hold my hand. <laughs> so I think for me that, you know, I would say definitely have a mentor because everybody needs someone that can, you know, that's cheering you along the way. But definitely the sponsor thing was something I had never heard of. And I was like, wow, this is it's definitely a game changer. How does one get a sponsor? Was, was this someone that this just happened, uh, you know, in your life coincidentally? Or did you aggressively go after trying to secure someone in that role in your life? So uh, fortunately at my um, 
at my last employment, um, which is Macy's, they had a, a development, a mentoring development program. So I was already in that development program for mentoring. And so um, I had asked my mentor, I was like, you know, who would be a good person in the company that you think I could, you know, connect with? Because like I said, it, it kind of needed to be a person of not necessarily power because, you know, they're you know, they're so busy and you're you know, like, oh yeah, let me go meet with the CEO. <laughs> but, um, you know, it definitely has to be someone that's open to it. So once I kind of narrowed down my choices, I just asked her and I was like, hey, uh, you know, I just finished this development class because it was a corporate class that, you know, we all had to, to go through. But I like the sponsor thing just jumped out right at me. And I it was like, I ate it up and I was like, I definitely want to sponsor. So I, I told her about the training program and the reason why and what's in it for her. So I think because I like, you know, I, I explained, you know, what am I looking for out of the relationship? Um, more so than just the whole, I took a training class and now I'm doing this, you know, it was more so about how can I connect with her and how could she help me along the way? And it's a win-win because if, if it's the right fit, then, you know, maybe down the road, um, she'll think of me as she's, you know, filling roles or, you know, or even just personally, she'll just check in on me and just say, you know, how are you doing? Are you achieving the goals that you said that you were going to achieve? And so, um, I was blown away. She said yes. And so we just like would connect. So every time I would go to New York, I would make sure to stop in and say hi to her, even if it was just to say, you know, how are you doing? How's your family? Just to let her know it wasn't just a, a one-sided relationship, but it was definitely, um, you know, how do we connect together? Um, and, you know, for the better of everybody, the company and, you know, myself, because like I said, I had my own personal goals as well. So speaking of the betterment of everybody, obviously we're in this networking group, um, which is designed for all of us to be able to benefit from. What drew you to this group and and what have you gotten out of it so far? So I am so excited. Um, one of my um, past colleagues had posted a link on LinkedIn and I was like, oh, you know, there, if, if anyone's been on LinkedIn, there's a lot of uh, posts and invites to join different things. And so I was like, you know, let me just take a look. So um, back when it first started, it was it was primarily through uh, Gmail. So you would get like little notifications via email, but I was just like intrigued. And so I just was like, you know what? I like this. And then I joined right when there was a book club. So, um, and it was a book I hadn't, hadn't read. It was, um, you know, about, uh, the CEO of Chanel and, you know, but it, it was so, I was like, oh, wow, they really want to talk about fashion and different things. And so it just resonated with the things that I enjoy and like, so not all about, okay, this is your job, but it was about social things. And, um, you know, just the fact that the, the, the group has given so much money, um, to different charities and causes like is amazing. So it's, it's not just all about, you know, being in fashion or beauty. It's about the whole, you know, everything that makes us who we are. And it definitely resonated with me and my background. So um, I was excited when it, it transitioned over to Slack and um, all the vis- various channels. I mean, there's, there's like a YouTube channel and there's, and then now we're doing a podcast. So it's, it's amazing. And I would recommend it to anybody who has not joined because um, it definitely got me through COVID and it, and it's still, I check it every morning, like, okay, what's new today? <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of COVID, obviously COVID has had a huge impact on our industry, um, not only from wholesale to retail to manufacturing. What do you think are the biggest things you learned from from this experience in the past couple of months? It's so funny that you mentioned that. Um, really, during this time, um, during COVID, I, I knew I wanted to to get into digital, digital marketing. So um, 
I was recently, um, not recently, because it's been six months, but um, I was let go before of COVID. Um, our company had a a restructure and, you know, they really had to look at cost saving um, different models. So my role was eliminated. So day one, I knew I wanted to get into digital marketing. It's something that I've always uh, wanted to explore, but just, you know, when you're busy and you're, you're doing just life, you don't really have the time to pause and, and really develop yourself sometimes. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. So it was so perfect timing. LinkedIn and Microsoft um, did a collaboration and where they kind of pulled together I think it was like 20 various um, industries and roles that are going to be, you know, the next thing of the future. And, the, and lo and behold, they had one for digital marketing. So I was already familiar with the LinkedIn learning program um, just because, like I said, um, I wanted to make sure I maximized every moment of my time, um, you know, looking for jobs and things. You definitely want to not just look for jobs all day. You want to benefit yourself and learn something. So um, I took the program. It was like 26 hours and it was the best program like I can't stop raving about it because it wasn't just about the practical pieces of learning digital marketing. Um, it th- th- There was a design class, not that I'm a designer by any means. I'm more of a financial uh, technical <laughs> uh, type of person, but it was great to learn how if I wanted to create my own, uh, you know, digital uh, program to be, you know, shared with the world, I-, I could learn how to do that using all the various tools, whether it's Adobe or, you know, the various uh, graphic design tools that you could use out there. So, so um, I would definitely say that was one of the things that I um, am most proud of, and I'm just glad that I went ahead and did it. Now I just got to find a way to use that those skills and make it practical. And I'm hoping, you know, in my next role or a future role that I'll be able to, you know, apply those learnings because everybody wants to know, you know, who their customers and how their customer are coming to them. And so I definitely feel everyone should kind of learn a little bit more about the digital industry just because there's so many great tools that kind of let you dig deeper into who she is, how she's coming to you or he. Um, and you know, it's, it's, there's just so much data out there and I love data. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it's one of the best things that I did. That's great. So I think a lot of people who are listening to this, you know, unfortunately in our industry may be finding themselves with a lot of free time on their hands How are you structuring your day other than learning? How are you staying positive? Because obviously you have a great attitude regardless of what has happened in our our circumstances in this industry. So for me, I kind of, um, I'm a very detailed person, (laughs) detail-oriented person. So um, you typically, my my weeks start off with Monday. You know, I try to say, okay, what do I want to tackle? Are there industries or jobs or people that I want to connect with for the week? And so I kind of like frame it that way. Um, If I have any networking um, connections that I need to accomplish the week, is there anything I need to do to prepare for that? And then I always, always, always allow time for fun. Um, even though I'm not going anywhere because of COVID, <laughs> I always want to make sure that it, whether it's watching a, a, you know, a new TV show or reading a book or just, you know, um, taking time to write in my various journals that I've collected along the way during COVID. Um, so it's definitely framing things. And then everything else, I just kind of let it go as it is, because I I don't want to plan too much. Because if I get the call for the job, you know, I want to be ready for that. But then, you know, you don't want to be disappointed and you planned out your whole week and then, you know, nothing happens. So I definitely try to 
accomplish, you know, at least two to three things that I know I'm like, okay, I must accomplish these this week. And then, um, then I go from there on. And then, like I said, I just kind of let it play by ear. And I I would definitely say the most, most critical is, um, taking care of yourself and having something fun to do. Um, I mentioned, I got these great journals. They're amazing. One's like a kind of like astrology type journal and the other one's, um, a fun adventure journal, which kind of like merges Harry Potter meets Lord of the Rings. And, um, it's definitely kept me engaged and, you know, there's so much that you want to unload off your mind because you, you know, your family are great support systems to listen to, but you know, they, you don't want to <laughs> inundate them every day with like, I'm trying to find a job. I'm trying to do this. And, you know, um, especially if they're working, you know, you know, you definitely want to have that balance. So, um, I, I would definitely say that have fun. You got to have fun. So what about um, companies that you think, you know, in the future you'd be interested in? Is there anyone you're following? Is there anybody who's doing something that uh, you think is valuable and future thinking? Um, well, I definitely would love to stay in retail just because it's my background, it's my passion, and it's, you know, what I've known these past 18 years. Um, but I am open to learning more about the different financial industries, um, just, you know, a whole whole different side of things and just all those skills that I learned, uh, you know, being able to pivot and, and, and change and connect with customers, all that can apply, um, you know, in the financial world. Um, but it's really about finding the time to get like your certification. Do I want to get a license and in insurance and, you know, all those various things that go along with being, um, you know, in financial planning and things like that. But um, honestly, what I'm really excited about is just seeing how quickly the industry has pivoted. And it is amazing having even my most recent role. um, I was remote for the past five years. And that was like unheard of because you don't really hear retailers, you know, allowing their employees to, you know, work from home or wherever, um, you know, and to get things done and be successful at it. So it was, it's exciting to see now companies are figuring it out. So I'm looking forward to seeing more, um, because like I said, I miss the connection to New York. I miss being able to connect, you know, with the vendor community, even with the buying teams and the planning teams. So I'm hoping more retailers kind of start to shift and see that, oh my God, there's amazing candidates out there that could be remote and they don't necessarily have to be, you know, physically in New York. Um, because, you know, over time, a lot of those corporate headquarters that I mentioned, the regional headquarters have closed um, and they're still closing. Um, so I think as more companies trying to figure out and they share more best practices, I think it's just going to be a win-win for the whole industry. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that, but it's exciting to see it. Every, uh, that's one of the things I like to look forward to um, as part of my routine in the mornings is just reading all the industry news and seeing how many companies have quickly adopted to Shopify or they're like, oh, we've completely turned to digital and we're using our stores for fulfillment centers. So I definitely think it's going to quickly evolve now that we've gotten past, you know, the second quarter, um, more companies you'll, will, I think we'll definitely start to see more success stories about the things that companies are doing to shift. So speaking of those headlines, I think we've all read them, retail apocalypse, stores closing. What do you think stores need to do now to get those customers to come back? I would definitely say, um, you know, to really truly keep the industry going, they have to connect with their customers. Um, they're, you know, there have been so many companies that I have engaged with that I never would have thought because they connected with me during, especially during COVID, um, they found a way to, you know, pique my interest. I, I've bought so many different masks. I've bought skincare sets all because they're like, they've found a way to connect to me 
um, and it felt authentic. So I definitely feel that, you know, companies need to, you know, dust off their customer list and, you know, cause we're all eager to spend money. Um, as like, I read something the other day, it said, we've actually, the sales that retail have generated in Q2 were the same that we would do during the holidays in Q4. So that's like mind blowing to think that, you know, with everything that's happening, is life-changing that we've managed to spend as much as we've done in Q4 <laughs> during the second quarter. So I definitely think you just have to connect with the customer. Um, she was going to you before. So don't like assume that she's not going to shop with you online because she is. I mean, more and more of, uh, I'd say the baby boomer generation have adapted to digital um, e-commerce um, I feel like I don't know the conversion rate offhand, but they said it's the fastest um, conversion that they've seen because, you know, the millennials and, you know, all the different generations, they grew up with technology, but they're just people want to shop. And so I definitely think you just have to connect with the customer. And if you do that, everything else will come easy. She'll buy it because she likes it or she doesn't like it, but she'll find something because you found a way to connect with her and make her feel special. And those companies who have connected with you, what what makes you feel that they're authentic? You know, I think we've seen a lot of attempts uh, at social responsibility, at environmental responsibility, and some of them feel very phony and other ones feel very genuine. What do you think the difference is there? I definitely think the difference is, is um, and it's something that I'm like quickly learning uh, more and more about, is a lot of these companies are are like single SKU based. So for like the skincare lines that I've um, quickly adapted to, um, they're not trying to sell you the whole cabinet. They're like this uh, serum or this uh, cleanser is the best cleanser. And we have five other things that you might want to check out, but it's really about this cleanser. You know, our packaging is eco-friendly. Um, our products are all natural. So it's, it's, that's, and partly because, you know, you, you know, with this whole movement, you definitely want to support, you know, small businesses, you know, um, in various uh, causes, it's made me want to understand more about where the products are coming from, who the person is. And, you know, you can research, you know, the internet has everything out there for you to, to, to research, but they make it easy for you. They tell you who they are, what they stand for. And it's not just because COVID has happened, but you can kind of see that like they've had a, you know, a history of um, having natural products being eco-friendly. So that's kind of what intrigued me. It wasn't just that overnight they decided, oh, it's COVID. I'm going to pull this product out of, you know, thin air and, and, and capitalize on, you know, the movement. It was more about they have a proven track record, um, even if it is just one product. And maybe they're not selling millions and millions of dollars, but it's this one product is, is proven and tried and um, the feedback from, you know, the consumers are really kind of what drove my decision on a lot of it. And then, of course, you still have your favorites, you know, your big brand names that, um, you know, which I've been so surprised about that they've been so supportive of all the very different movements and, you know, just everything going on right now, you know, whether it's the Black Lives Matters movement or even just, you know, like I, you had mentioned that sustainability, being eco-friendly and knowing how their products and shipping is, you know, hurting um, the world. So it's, it's definitely been interesting and I've had the time. <laughs> so I've definitely uh, made sure to spend my money where, you know, those companies and um, are resonating with, with those things that are going on right now. So I guess that leads me to my next question is also an ex-department store uh, person. Is the department store dead? I don't think so. I really don't. Um, I I feel like 
customers want to get out of the house. Uh, I go to my local, you know, department store all the time. Not so much now with COVID, but I, I, I like to go to my department store. And then even if I want to take a trip, I'll make a trip to, you know, the bigger department stores that might be down the street. Um, but, you know, you still want that connection. So whether it's them calling you saying, hey, it's gift time, come get your gift, or as simple as, you know, our upcoming semi-annual sales happening, uh, did you want to do a pre-sale? So I definitely feel it's still relevant. Uh, even if they're, like I said, even if they're just popping in to get their their essential items, we still need that human interaction and in if you haven't gotten out to the department stores, they're changing. You know, they're offering so many different options for you to come into the store so that way you can feel safe. They have curbside pickup. They have buy online pickup in store where you don't even have to get out of your car. I mean, I think of I look at Target, which is not so much of a department store, but they really didn't have a whole digital presence as far as they had your items that you could buy online. But now, oh my gosh, I've bought so much stuff from Target. It's crazy because it's like I could get it through shipped. I can get it through uh, the drive, uh, drive through pickup. Um, <laughs> you could go in the store. So I think as more, like I think I had mentioned it earlier, as more companies begin to understand that you have to have a digital presence and stuff in the store to keep the customer coming back. Um, They'll be successful. It's definitely not dead. It, it, it. You know, it will it be smaller? Absolutely. Will it even be like maybe a smaller format within your local area? Possibly. But I definitely don't think it's dead. There's just that we need that human connection and we want to see newness and excitement. Um, so I definitely think uh, even with the things that are going on, you know, the social distancing, having to wear a mask, uh, we still want it. We still go out. I mean, because look at it, we're going to the grocery store, you know, we're, we're, we're making things happen. So um, I think it's just a way to figure out how to do it profitably um, and still have the items that she's looking for. So it might even mean leaner inventories, um, higher sell-throughs, which is never a bad thing, <laughs> especially in retail. Never a bad thing, definitely. A high sell-through is always a gold standard around the retail industry. Um, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you want to talk about here? No, I definitely think you you, you covered um, a lot, especially about like my background and how um, you know I've uh, grown. Um, I, I definitely would just say that um, it's never you know, I sometimes people say, oh, try something new. But you know what? If you're good at something, there's nothing wrong with you know, continuing on that path. Um, I've gone from stores to corporate to stores, <laughs> uh, back to corporate. <laughs> I'll probably even go back to stores. Um, so I definitely think you have to kind of, especially now so more than ever, um, capitalize on what you're good at and, and be okay to say that you're good at it. Um, I think sometimes we're kind of taught to dim your light, but absolutely now more than ever, you should definitely let your light shine and let people know, you know, here's what I can bring to the table. Here's what I can offer. It might not be everything, but I am good at this one thing. And, you know, I think people respect that more so than just saying, oh, I'm okay. You know, whatever works for you. Um, but I think now, especially with so many people out of um, work right now and just people looking to change, you know, their because because we've had a moment to pause, people are understanding what's really important. And I think um, now is really that time to kind of hone in on what you really, truly are good at. Um, so I definitely would recommend that for anybody is just to take during this pause. If you, maybe you haven't had a chance to pause because maybe you've been fortunate enough to be working this whole time. But I would definitely say take a pause and just say, you know what, am I happy? You know, am I enjoying what I'm doing? Um, 
And if not, you know, what can I do today to make that that better? And it might not be, you might not be in a position to move or change change jobs or anything like that, but definitely find little ways to, to make yourself happy along the way because you just never know. Um, and you want to be happy with with your legacy and what you've um, accomplished and, and be proud of it. And that's definitely something I can say is that I've enjoyed every moment of my career and um, there's no regrets. And I, I definitely look forward to the next chapter. Well, Marianne, it's been great talking with you. Best of luck, obviously, in your journey. And I'm sure we'll all look forward to hearing what your next step is. Thank you, Lauren. It's definitely been a pleasure. And um, like I said, my name is Marianne Battle, and I'm a business director seeking new opportunities. Thanks for being here for the Collab Podcast. Every week, a new career story. Follow us on Instagram and all social media channels at Join the Collab or Kher Consulting. And join us so you can record your own story.